Hello, Internet. Welcome to Only Lovers Book Club, where I get together with my two not art major friends. <laughs> and uh, we read a romance book, and then we talk about it. We take turns every month, and this month was Andrea's uh, month. And she picked for us to read If I Don't Have You by Sarita Domingo. I say it the way that the author says it, because I watched one of her like little interviews. You know, I just like to see who, who the people are. Um, so yeah, we're gonna get into it. If you haven't read the book, then expect spoilers. Pause, go read it. Take time to process your feelings on how absolutely messy this is. And then come back and listen to us <laughs> talk about how messy it is. Um, a little bit about the author before we begin our talk. And then I'm gonna ask Drea why she chose this book. So I'm reading this off of saritadomingo.com on her about page. So her, if, there's a, a little bit about her up here um, in the beginning where she says that she's born in Camberwell, East London, but she spent her formative years in Bahrain and et cetera, et cetera. So if you wanna read a little bit more about her, uh, she's an editor at uh, the imprint at HarperCollins. And so it's a little bit about what she's doing. But her official bio says, Sarita Domingo is the author of If I Don't Have You, The Nearness of You, and the creator and editor, creator, editor, and contributing writer of upcoming romantic fictions anthology, Who's Loving You. She's also written numerous erotic short stories and an erotic novella in with Pavilion Books. Her books for young adult are published under S.A. Domingo, including Love, Secret Santa. <laughs> She has contributed to publications including Gal Dem, Black Ballad, Stylist, and Token Magazine, and has taken part in events for Hachette Books, Winchester's Writers Festival, Black Girls Book Club, and Bear Lit Festival, among others. She lives in Southeast London. And you can find this again at saritadomingo.com, and she's at, at saritadomingo on her social media. So that's a little bit about, a little bit about her. I watched a video a little bit earlier today with her talking at um, Black Girls Brunch UK about her, um, I guess, writing process and writing advice and things like that. And she's pretty cool and is an absolute cutie. So um, go check her out. And even though, spoilers, we didn't all love this story, I'm kind of interested in reading her short story, like her short story anthology. Because if there was one thing that I enjoyed in this book, it was the sex scenes. And so she is an erotic writer and I'm like, oh, more of that, but just of that. Okay, great. I'm gonna play the book trailer for you guys because I found the book trailer on YouTube. You still won't answer your phone. So this is all I've got. Maybe you were wrong about this thing between us meaning anything at all. Don't want to believe that. Cause darling, if I don't, if I don't have you, then for me there'll be nobody else. No, oh no. <laughs> and even if the river should run dry, for me there'll be nobody else. If I don't, if I don't have you 
Tasha, if you don't mind, could you read us the what the book is about and then we can jump into our discussion? Of course. So, If I Don't Have You by Sarita Domingo. A captivating, sexy romance that explores the limits of love at first sight. Afro-Brazilian filmmaker Ren is recovering from a romantic betrayal. Kayla is a Black British artist and journalist keen to make her mark. Thrown together during a string of interviews in New York for Ren's latest film, they're struck by an irresistible attraction. The two surrender to one night of searing honesty and passion, which leaves them with more questions than answers about the future. With secrets lurking between them, letting their romance continue could upend the separate lives Ren and Kayla have so carefully built. But can they really risk losing their miraculous connection? I mean, I read that. I think I read that. I read that. <laughs> Don't play your nostrils at me. Um, okay, Drea, spotlight. Why did you pick this book? I picked this book because I saw a glowing review on Instagram that I've been trying to find for days. And apparently I sent it to you both, but I didn't actually save it. And because you can't search through message threads on Instagram and we talk way too much, and this was months and months and months ago, <laughs> I have been unable to locate the post. So I can't credit whoever did the wonderful review. Um, but basically I, I just saw the review and they were just praising this beautiful like black on black romance. And um, I think they were talking about how a lot of black characters lately had been in more like interracial romances. And so they were just like really excited to um, just see one that celebrated like black culture. I don't know, it was something like that. I could tell you more specifically if it hadn't been like five months ago that I read this review. But that's why I picked it, just because the review sounded, it sounded really good and I checked the Goodreads and it had good ratings. Um, so yeah, I think I went into it a little more blindly than I usually do when I pick books. Um, and, you know, unfortunately it didn't like super pay off <laughs> this time. Um, it's not, uh, it just wasn't like my cup of tea. Um, but I'm sure, you know, it seems like there's a lot of people out there who do like it. So I went into it thinking I was really going to like the book because um, the first part of it I thought was really well done. Um, it really reminded me of the time that I met a PhD student, a, a guy who had just graduated from his PhD and was moving to, um, he was Irish and he was moving to California to start his first like university professorship. And we met like 
at a random picnic. He was a friend of a friend. He was leaving in two days and we had this kind of whirlwind like, oh my God, why did we meet like as you're leaving for the other side of the country? Um, and so I like really related to that feeling of like, wow, I really like met someone that I just like clicked like that. And if circumstances had been different, if timelines had been different, I know 100% that we would have dated. I don't know if it would have worked out, but 100% we would have dated. And actually we tried to like, at least like stay in contact for a little bit. And so, so it was very, I, I understood that. I understood that feeling. Um, and I thought the initial sex scenes were like super sexy. Um, so I was like all here for it. And then it, it kind of went downhill after that for me. Um, and I just realized that I didn't actually like the characters. Um, like the more I got to know them, the, like the less I liked them. Um, and even though I continued to think that the sex scenes were really good, that was kind of the only thing that it, I would be like, oh, good, like a phone sex scene. Great. Like, this is like the part I'm going to like. Um, whereas the other stuff, I was just like, Ugh. Um, and again, not because it wasn't bad writing. I think the story is good. It's just I um, I'm first of all, I'm not a fan of uh, relationships where like the people are constantly lying to each other and like about major things like that's just like a big turnoff for me so i just wasn't into the fact that their relationship drama revolved around them like both hiding these like big truths um and i want to say, say it was one of them hiding one very big truth <laughs> okay, no but like the guy was also hiding stuff about like he knew that baby was potentially his he you know what i mean like i'm just saying like that's something i would share with my i would want my partner to share with me like oh hey i might possibly have a child that you then might possibly have to be involved with and also it's with my ex that I still have feelings for that I'm not over and it's being co-parented by like my best friend. And like, you know what, like, I okay, fine. It's not as big as her thing, but it's still a thing that would make me not want to be with someone because that's kind of a lot of baggage to bring into a relationship. Even if it doesn't end up being like true, that's not the point. The point is that that's something you would share. And so I, don't, I didn't like the way both of them handled those kinds of things. Um, and so that that to me was just a big turn off. But I thought the story was written really well. I really liked the sex. Um, I just didn't like all the hiding. It just was not for me. Like I understand, I understand the feelings, and I understand being super into this person and thinking like, man, if things were different and blah blah blah, like all of that, I get. I just didn't like the hiding of the things. The lies, the lies, the lies. That's what <laughs> I just I've I really Jeffrey. don't like liars. <laughs> yeah. Um Tasha, you wanna give me your impressions, what you thought of the book? Do you wanna go next? Yeah, I can go next. Um so I really wanted to like this book more than what I liked it. And the like Andre like Andrea said, the writing is Good. Like the quality of the writing is good. It's very kind of poetic. Um, it's very visual. You get kind of a really clear picture of where they are. Um, 
kind of all of, because this is like a long distance relationship, you have to do a good job of like creating the spaces that each people, each person is like existing in. So I think she did a really good job of like capturing that, capturing the stress of like being on the road because, you know, Ren's character is doing all this like touring and stuff for his movie. And then um, the girl whose name I forgot's character, <laughs> what was her name? Kayla, is it Kayla? Uh, I think so, hold on. Uh, brain farting, Hella. Yeah, Kayla. And then Kayla's character is like going through all of this like stressful stuff, like in New York and then in London, back in New York. So, so I think the treatment of the spaces and you know the description and stuff was strong. Um, I also really liked the idea of what this book was. You know, like meeting someone and being so like awestruck by them as a person that you kind of put aside a lot of the stuff that normally would be a priority to you so that you can focus on this moment and just like dive into really just being on the same page with this like relative stranger just because there's such an intense you know magnetic attraction there like that's you know that kind of stuff's really hot um but i think where this book failed or like didn't meet my expectations necessarily not not failed that's a strong word but just didn't meet my expectations is that i didn't believe that these two people were each other's person because the night was supposed to be this whole thing of like oh they met it's so intense they're gonna have this like no hold bar like no holds barred experience with each other and like andrea says they just they lie through all of it and at least ren's situation he doesn't find out about some of this stuff until later on and at that point he's not sure you know i think there was a lot of like being in denial about whether this is or isn't his kid and him dealing with like his dad being gone and like all of the leftover feelings that he had with his ex and you know there's a lot of kind of complexities there because he lost kind of his whole foundation in one situation and so it's kind of like i think because everything was was upended on his on his side he kind of really invested in this experience he had with Kayla. Like he was like, oh, this is my soulmate type of shit. And then Kayla is, it almost felt like the whole spoiler, if, if you are going to read the book and you haven't read it yet, um, the whole thing about her getting married for a green card to stay in New York. If this is just a green card marriage, why wouldn't you just tell him? Why wouldn't you just say, hey, I have a super intense connection with you. By the way, I want to stay in New York. It's really important for me for my career. So like I made a deal with my friends to get married. The fact that she never mentions it is shady as fuck to me. And I would not trust her. And I would assume that she was just having me as a side piece when she's cheating on this actual partner that she had. Because with all the transparency and honesty and like deep connection they were having during this one night, like that's the most superfluous detail. There is no actual emotional ro romantic relationship there. Like why wouldn't this be something you just mention if it's and supposed to be a one night especially stand? Especially when you know that this guy literally has all of these issues around cheating. Exactly. <laughs> like, that's exactly. his big thing. 
Like his whole thing is don't lie to me. And the biggest thing she does is lie to him and not only lie to him, lie to him for so long that he decides to make a romantic gesture of going to try to surprise her and does what always happens in these types of movies, which is he shows up the day of her wedding. Like, of course, this guy's going to be destroyed because the final time he decides to like take a leap of faith with someone he's got this whole connection with he he realizes it was all just bullshit and like he put himself out there and and she just didn't take the same kind of steps and so i i feel like if there had been more honesty and keep the story the way it is but have him know that this is happening with her from the start and maybe the conflict is like she and her friend get closer and maybe that's what adds a little stress to the scenario like she does still have this deep connection with Ren and they're trying to have that going, but like her and her friend are developing a little more. Like that would have made more sense to me as like- Or, a, which I would believe him doing, he's like, está bien, I'll marry you. And then we'll, you know, and she's like, but do I want to marry someone that I'm actually having sex with? Yeah, you know what yeah, I mean? Like exactly. Like even that would have been like, oh, hey, we have this crazy connection. I am gonna, I'm gonna get to, like, I need to go. I need to solve this. I'm so sorry. Like, I wish we had more time. And then he's like, fuck it, look at, let's get married. And then he's going on this movie tour. Like, all this stuff is happening. So they have to figure out how to play around with that. Like, that would have made a lot more sense to me than what ends up happening because I don't believe the connection is as deep as it's supposed to be. I don't think that she deserves all of the stuff that he's feeling for her because of the fact that she just, like, lies about all this stuff. And the fact that this kind of one night, a couple of months of texting and emailing drags on for like two, three years. And what always upsets me with this kind of movie and this kind of book is when they bring in a partner for one of the main characters who's a good person and that person just gets screwed over because of plot because he ends up dating this like vapid model chick who like whatever, but she ends up getting introduced to like what seems to be a super handsome, successful, funny, nice, smart, chill. Like a dude. quality guy, okay? Quality like, man. Like a quality she, man that I would date. You know what I'm yeah. saying? And I'm like, oh shit, this guy's like the real deal. And she Hang just to him and she's like, with him. she's just <laughs> like, meh, whatever. I was just playing with you this whole time. Between the not truth telling and the way she treats this guy i was like i hope she ends up alone like i hope i don't want good things to happen to this protagonist because that she's, been a twist. she's that hurtful been a twist. like she's a hurtful person and she's very self-centered and like that really upset me because i don't like lying either it's like being unfaithful in relationships if it gets to that point just fucking get out just get out because you're just hurting a lot more people than you need to be hurting so i felt bad for him and he's like trying to sort his life out so i think it was just like if i could go in and tweak a couple of things the the rest of this like the ingredients were good i didn't like how the recipe turned out and i think it could have been a better recipe with a couple of changes that actually kind of has to do with one of my questions when you were talking about like how you didn't want her to have like a happy ending or whatever. Because I was thinking, what would you classify this book as? Like, would you classify this as a romance? Or would you classify it as something else that also has romance in it? I think it straddles the line. It's, I think it's a romance. And it sends it into romance territory when we end up with our happily ever after, which they end up together. 
and it's not perfect, but they're, you know, they're together. But I think that it does the way that it's written. And I think mm -hmm. I'm now kind of knowing a little bit more about the author and her process. It's definitely straddling that like literary fiction line, really hardcore where it's not just about like, there is a romantic like line mm -hmm. throughout, but it's more about what these two people are kind of like going through and how like this intense connection falls on their laps at the wrong time. So I would, I would still classify it as a romance because like it's it's a hopeful like hey we have love has triumphed and we are together and we are making it work um but yeah the the focus on their each their personal problems and and the the amount of shitty that they kind of were to each other um kind of makes me feel like what well, more of a character study like a dual character study mm -hmm. more than anything so yeah that's what, what I was <laughs> what was your your reaction to the book though chris and then i'll give my my genre characterization, okay, so you can build on your answer. <laughs> yeah, um, so I um, am on the same boat as you guys. I wanted to enjoy this book a lot more than I actually did. I did think that there was merit I'm sorry. to it. That's okay. <laughs> I mean, we all, we all, it happens. It's okay. Not everyone can be like a straight up winner. And even with all that we're gonna talk about, I still wouldn't consider it a win yeah. when we can talk about uh, our relationships in real life and like what we like and what we don't like. I like when we can explore that. Um, but also there were things of merit in this, you know, like it wasn't like an awful book. Like I'm going to throw it away. Like would I, would I reread this or like 50 Shades of Alice in Wonderland? Uh, you know which one I'm going to pick, right? So there's definitely yeah. like merit in this. Um, but yeah, it was, it was just, and here's the thing, like if you are, if you are listening and you are into like really messy, like not put together at all characters, like I'm not gonna, even gonna say that they're not well-rounded characters because I think that they are. They're just like shitty in their own way. Kayla, I think more than anything and only by virtue of just like really not having everything figured out and really not, just really not having anything figured out when it comes to like, her career, her education, her family situation, and her romantic situation. She's just like, she doesn't know what the fuck she's doing. And because of that, she treats Ren's attentions with like, she mismanages it, I, I wanna say. She she doesn't know what to do with it, so she, I don't wanna say she squanders it, but lo, lo trata mal without meaning to. And then on the other token, you have Ren, who's got all of this like, trauma from his childhood, but also because he was left. His wife and his best friend are together now. They're like literally making a family and he was trying to find his author's voice through his movies and like through a wrench in his whole thing. And I wanna say that he doesn't give Kayla any fucking space. They like never date. They jump right into like, I met you and I love you. And they don't say I love you to the end, but like that the intensity is, is there. No, he he definitely says I love you very in like one of their emails or texts yeah. where I was like, Pérate, how long has it been? Like <laughs> yeah. I remember being very fast. Yeah, and <laughs> she's and so, got like leftovers in her refrigerator that's been there longer than they've from been the diner. <laughs> she's got French fries or something. Um, but yeah, so I think that yeah, they're they're not like great together on on paper, and it's one of those things where it's not a relationship buildup that I enjoyed. It was like so dramatic, so fraught. And with what Tashai said, 
it felt like it didn't have to be quite so much. I like the idea, like all the things that you pitched, Tosh, I was like, oh, that would have been cool. And it still would have kept this like super cool poetic vibe because now there's feelings, there's like legitimate feelings blocking Kayla from like developing like deeper feelings for, for Ren. And if that was the author's intention, it didn't come through to me because she, I feel like she was like, oh, I don't want to disappoint my friend, but it just didn't, her, her anxieties, while valid, did not make sense to me, like at all. So, so it was, it was a tough read because it felt like a lot of the, a lot of the conflict was overblown, unnecessary. And when they have that big fight, he literally is like, you, at any time you could have told me this, at any time you could have told me this. And she's like, yeah, but you didn't give me any space. Valid. He didn't. He would like he dropped the album on her like hard, and he pursued her really hard. But she still could have said something. And you're right, he lied too. But I think that it's it came afterwards. It was like I don't know if it was as it just seemed like the green card thing was so superfluous as opposed to like, hey, this is a big deal. I want to make sure that this is like a thing before I spring it on you. So I'm not a Ren apologist. I did not like him, but I do I. I do fall, like if I'm going to defend one of them in court, I'm going, I'm on Ren's team. I'm ace attorney on Ren's team. I will, I will say though, I think, I think the things that maybe we didn't like in it, in book format, we would yeah. like more if this was like a if limited was, HBO series yes, yes. with like all of the sex scenes uh -huh. and all the stuff. I think it would have been a little bit better. <laughs> if this, the, in the book club journal, there's a question that asks, what does this remind you of? And it kind of reminds me of that Zendaya like Washington yes, yes. movie now we, where we they're just we like yelling at each other. Something in Marie. Something yeah, in and we never Marie. watched it. We said we were going to do a, a book club uh, yeah, we, movie I night. Yeah, I think we forgot. Um, but yes, I think if it was something like that, we'd be able to be a little bit more invested. You know, it'd be like a cliffhanger every episode and like we would actually see the sizzle. Sizzle. <laughs> so I think that it would have, I think it would work I mean, I would still watch it. If it comes out as a series, I'll watch it. Because but. it seems like it'd be sexy. And, like, the descriptions and mm -hmm. casting are hot. Like, so to answer the, the what, how would you characterize this? I wouldn't characterize this as a romance. I would characterize this as a romantic drama. Because the romance plays second fiddle to all of these obstacles and all of these, um, like, human errors that get in the way of them being able to have a transparent relationship. And like, it's probably, you know, purposeful to it, have this like commentary on just people's, you know, very self-focused perspective when it comes to relationships sometimes. And like, she's all about only really worrying about herself and what's going on with her and her green card and all that stuff. And he's very, stuck on what's been done to him and the hurt he's received. And so he doesn't allow himself to forgive his dad or forgive his friends because of what they did to him. And she is so focused and blinded by her need that she chooses to ignore the fact that she, she chooses to put on the back burner, the fact that she knows her friend has feelings for her, the one that she's supposed to be getting married to. She knows that Ren would be very upset and hurt when he finds out about the green card thing she chooses to not talk to her sister um, and like resolve whatever issues they've been having. So like, 
I think this boils down to a story about like self-centered people in different ways. And because of that, I don't think that it's fully a romantic story. I think it's a dramatic story that has a, ro a romance like added on top of it to kind of place it in this space and see how these people would react then in their romantic relationships. I, yes, I would definitely watch the show on this. I would. I Shonda would Rhimes. Watch Shonda Rhimes needs to cast this for like an HBO. Show. I would watch the shit out of that. This no, is Station like, 19. It's gonna, basically. Yeah, it's gonna be a BBC show because like they gotta keep her accent. They gotta keep it like. They gotta yeah, keep yeah. Ola Bridgerton. Just. What do you mean? Uh, yeah. One thing I want to add, just right at the end, is that again, I, I, like listening to all of us talk about it, I think again it's important for us to talk about it but this might very well be up someone's alley. So like I said, if you are into just like intense characters, intense situations, intense love connections, then then this just might just might be it for you. I was talking to Drea today about why personally I didn't find it super romantic. And I said that it was because their first um their first kind of like encounter and then the how they talk about each other or think about each other reminds me a lot of like when you're crushing on someone really bad and then like all you think about is them and all you want to relate to is to them and you know you're trying to get in their space and you're trying to like get it you know they're just all like it's all because and it feels more like a crush i think it's called like limerence or something these like self-help videos kind of like break it down where it's like oh i am obsessed with this person it's like it feels like a like a real obsession and it doesn't feel like it like dives deeper. Like, I don't know if the story like takes enough time to like really get, get in there. We just kind of like assume that they're good together because the author tells us they're good together and because they are trying to make it work. And I guess that this is what we have to work with, but I don't know, given that, I don't know if this, these were the people for each other. Like if, they, if that encounter hadn't happened, I can't picture them together based on like how they are. I think, I think they tried to with like the emails, but I felt like even if some emails were just like chats about their like hopes and dreams and stuff, the majority of them were still just like, I miss you. I wish you were here. I can't stop thinking about you. And so the it, it, it wasn't very balanced at all. Like the, that longing and sex like didn't take a backseat to kind of more you know, more thoughtful, deeper conversations once they were apart. You're right, Chris. I think it just kind of continued in that little, like, bubble. Um, but I speaking of the sex, though, since we all okay. said we enjoyed it, my question is, what made the sex scenes so good? Like, we all love them. What was it about them that made you be like, wow, this author can write a sex scene? Uh, for me, it was the phone sex scene because uh, phone sex, any type of like spoken or written interactive, like back and forth in the moment type of uh, sexual encounter, uh, consensual sensual encounter is absolutely cringeworthy to me. I, you cannot make me do it. I cannot write. I can't say it. And I can't like over the phone. I can't type it out. Don't ask me to what do was, it. What was the book that we read where where? Was it the Zoe Castile one? The, where they had yeah. this phone, yeah. <laughs> where the guy was in the other place. And, and I feel, I feel she like, can, I like hear him. I definitely said it there too, where I was like, no, <laughs> absolutely not. But somehow I was like, 
you know, I was just really, I was really into it. I, so um, Sarita Dominguez start in, in writing is in erotica. It's like in erotic short stories for agent provocateur. I think that's the lingerie brand. They like commissioned her to do that. And I think that she just has like a finely honed tool when it comes to the right amount of liquids for those of us in the crowd who definitely want that in the, in the not mentioned too much, but also in just like the, it was just really graphic and sexy. I don't know how else to explain it. I feel like I was reading like a hot, sexy poem <laughs> and wasn't put off by it. I was like, okay, maybe one day I too can have books. I'm not, but <laughs> in the moment when I read it, I was like, okay, okay, I see it. And that's when I was like, okay, these, these sex scenes are, are killer. Um, and I really liked it. So okay, someone else can answer now. <laughs> I mean, I thought the sex scenes were like, very well written but because i didn't like the characters it was hard to fully appreciate it because i as like someone who writes appreciated really good writing and like enjoyed it but knowing the fact that i didn't root for this relationship i couldn't enjoy it as much as i've enjoyed other sex scenes like not necessarily stripped but um i think even in the like Danny Brown, like I think there, there. I don't remember which one, but I feel like there was some sort of phone sex situation or something in one of those books that felt more enjoyable because you like the characters and it's like a fun, like it's like a fun little a game and it's like just a better time to me. With this one, I was just kind of like well yeah this is written written well like yeah it's sexy i can see how this is like a good sex scene but i don't want either of them to be having any sort of sex with each other because this is not going to work out and like i think she's a liar and i don't want her to like have a good i don't want her to have a good phone sex because i don't think she deserves it <laughs> that's why it was so hot because they were like fucking with lies and like it made it super yeah. risky <laughs> Yeah, it was it was very like uh, like role playing adjacent of like we are in this super passionate relationship, but the reality is like her husband's in the other room and he's got like the pregnancy test and the and on the count like you know that that kind of stuff going on. But I did think the quality was good. Like it's it's really really good. It's more to do with me just being like. Mm. I don't know that you deserve what's happening right now. <laughs> Do you deserve this crashing orgasm? No, because you're a liar. That's why. <laughs> I think for me, um, and this is something that I've realized very recently. Um, I can't remember who it was on Instagram, but I follow a couple of people who um, are ace. And also read a romance. And I remember one of them posted a while back how they're not really into sex. Like they don't want to have sex, hence why they're ace. But that they were really into like the tension before the sex. And that they loved romance books that had a shit ton of that. Because that like they love that shit. 
And that made me realize that that is my favorite part about like the romance sex scenes. Because whenever we read any book that has like a ton of sex, usually I'm just like skimming through it. I'm, dude, I'm just skimming through it. But this book, I felt like um, Sarita did a really good job of kind of that lead in. So like that, the first scene, especially, I think she drew it out like so long. Um, and there was so much like teasing and flirting before it even got to the sex. So like that for me, I was like, ooh, this is fantastic. Um, so I think that for me is what made it like extra, like good. Um, let's see, what else do I have on here? Um, I did, I did ask, and I think we've kind of talked about this a little bit, but like, did you believe in their just original intense attraction? I know as a trio, we didn't really ship them, but did you believe that they were just head over heels in lust for each other? Yes, I think that they were the horniest. They were like at the point, like, you know, like for people who are have like, just like a high sex driver or whatever, they like reach a zenith and the point of the month where it's like, maybe I'm masturbating every other day, but it's like, I'm masturbating and when I wake up and right before I go to bed or whatever. And I think that they were both in like, not only in that sexual peak uh, hormonally, uh, but also emotionally. They kind of like, what I, how I read it was that they kind of like saw what the other one was missing and they went, they rushed in to like fix each other almost. And that can be really satisfying when this person's like, oh, like, I mean, she knew about what happened with his wife, ex-wife and his best friend. So she knows that there's, you know, there's some, obviously there's something there and he needs like some sort of comfort. And he kind of like through conversations with her knows that she's a total basket case. And he's like, I can bring stability to this. I'm a grown up. So I think that yes, they were extremely horny and they were extremely like, I can fix this. And then afterwards is when it's like, it all falls apart. But I do believe that, I, I do get it. I get like how it's like, they're super hot. And they both are described as like extremely attractive brown people. So I, I can get on board with that, you know? <laughs> that's, that's my thoughts. Yes, I can believe it because I've watched Stanley Tucci make a cocktail on Instagram and if Stanley Tucci were making a cocktail and made eye contact with me, that's basically all it would take. And if he was down, I would 100% be down. And not only would I be down, I've had this conversation with my boyfriend where I've said, if we ever bump into Stanley Tucci, I am going to ask him if him and his wife are open-minded about this sort of thing. And he agrees. He's like, yep, honestly, I've seen him making cocktails on Instagram too. Makes sense to me. So like, I can get how you could meet somebody and within like a couple of minutes, just be all about their downtown. Like, I get it. Like, makes sense to me. That I, that I get, that I, that I ship. I ship you and Stanley Tucci, Tosh. I ship it. Yes. Oh my God, Tashi and Tucci, come on. <laughs> What was the movie that did you have like a, a Stanley Tucci? Wait, so sexual your, your name your name would be Too Shy? Oh, oh my god, Too Shy. That's the ship name. That's our ship name. <laughs> oh my god. No, uh, what did I, I have? Yeah, like what was the moment where you like were like, oh, you know, because I don't think it was on 
Instagram for sure. I definitely no, think it was, it was easy. A. Oh, for me, it was Julie, Julia. He Julia. plays Julia Childs' husband. And that scene where they're like walking back home for like lunch and they're just gonna go fuck in the middle of the day. And I was like, okay. And no. then obviously it's not graphic, <laughs> but it looks so cute. And I was like, and it made me realize Stanley Tucci as a person with like a penis. And I was like, oh, maybe I could ever hop on that one day. <laughs> No, dude, it's it's you got it's got to be easy a easy a sexy dad making yeah. all the jokes, the yeah, brother being like I'm adopted and him just like who told him? Yeah, um, no, I, I think easy a is the turning point for a lot of people, but for me it was Julie and Julia were mostly just the Julia Child segments. I don't care about like the modern one, <laughs> whatever. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, no, I only. I technically have two more questions, but one of them was, um, did you ship them? And I think we've all very emphatically have already said no, and it doesn't need to be discussed further. But my question is, we all agree that Kayla was in the wrong, like she 100% should have told him, blah, 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 blah. But like, what would you truthfully have done if you were in her situation and you can interpret that as whatever you can interpret it as like would you have told him or not told him would you have gotten married or not gotten married would you have even continued talking to him or not talking to him like just what 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 path do you think you would have taken in this in this book if you had been her so okay i think i think earlier tashai kind of like explained like this could have been the thing that happened and i but um no, yeah, I definitely, I definitely would have just told him. Like, here's the thing, like, I- I feel like you would have just ghosted him. Yes. You would have just that, gone to London yes, and just been like, okay, right. that was fun, bye. I think <laughs> I spoke like, I, like if I, I'm in this situation Locked. and I want it, and I want to keep him in my life, then I probably would have told him and just, you know, just been really transparent. But that's Chris as Kayla. Chris as actual Chris would have absolutely ghosted, blocked, deleted on all social media. I would have just continued with my ruse and then gotten divorced as the plan was. Return, and then ended up- Returned the postcard as like, wrong at, could not find yeah, sender. Return to sender, <laughs> this person doesn't live here. I definitely, yeah, because that's exactly, the implication is somehow I wanna keep him in my life. And yeah, like one good lay, is, sometimes that's all it is, man. Like get over it, just leave me alone. So I think that, yeah, I if I'm in the book and in the situation, right, the plot is driving me, I, I definitely would have just been upfront and been like, I don't know, I think we've got something here, but you need to know I'm gonna get married. So you can keep texting me, like I'll let my husband know. and. When that's over, we can like maybe pick up where we left off, but you know, this is important to me. But uh, yeah, Real Chris would have just gotten her green, her green card and moved on. <laughs> See, I think like the cancer in me, I would have 100% been the one to be like, will you marry me instead? <laughs> like I would have brought, like if I was really that intense about it, I mean, I wouldn't have, I probably wouldn't have said it so bluntly, but I would have been like, Mira, I'm in this situation. I need to get married. I feel this way about you, but it's either him or you. You know what I mean? So like, if you feel that way about me, then we can jump in and we can try it. And then if he didn't, I would have been heartbroken and just, you know, that would have been it. But I probably would have just tried to get him to marry me. 
Yeah. I, it I was get, Andrea in the book. Yeah. And I get that. I also get, I also get Kayla's hesitation in wanting to tell him because he seems like such an intense guy that he would absolutely be like, okay, marry me. And she would have been like, eh, no, because ultimately she knows that the thing with her friend is temporary no matter what. And something mm. with Ren probably wouldn't be. Like it would be even more messy. So I get why she doesn't initially want to say something, but as things progress, it's definitely. 100% her bad that she just lets it go on for as long as as it does. So uh, yeah, no, I'm the that. Yeah, I mean, if it was, <laughs> I say like that's what Andrea would have done if I was like super into this person, but this person would not have actually been Ren because if it was really Ren, mm -hmm. then I would not, you know what I mean? Like it, I can't, it, it, too, people too are too clingy for me. Like you, you know, I like, I like the unavailable people, the emotionally detached if, people. I can't if, deal with a Ren. <laughs> if he had like had sex with you and then ghosted you, like if he had like yeah, that would have been different. I would have been. I would have looked up his address. No, we're tracking him down. <laughs> I would have been texting you like, Chris. Oh my God, I need to. I can't stop thinking about this person. You think he like? like and you would have been like, Andrea, just move on. Like, forget about it. You would have found him on Facebook. You would have, well, technically you can do what he did, which is like go through, go through an assistant at the office and get a number, get an address, whatever, which is also really creepy. And yeah, like, that was weird. That was and a I, lot. I, I like that she brought it up too, that she was like, okay, you could have just found me on social media. Yeah. I'm like, yes, that would have been way less creepy than getting the address for your friend. Yeah. That's, that was a lot of uh, a lot of rigmarole for that. That's why he's not a perfect person. They're both terrible. Yeah. They're both like terrible. Yeah. Okay, but Tashai, what would you have done if you were if it was Ren and Tashai instead of Ren and Kayla? So two different two different answers to that. If it was <laughs> Tashai, I would have just told him the truth. I would have just been like, "Hey, haha, this is so great, um, bomb dick." 10 out of 10. Um, if you want to keep talking, FYI, like I'm kind of sort of engaged, but it's not a real thing. Like I'm doing it for my green card because like I'm from London and hence the accent. So, you know, I got to like handle my business. Um, if you want to keep in touch and want to like keep this going, let me know. I'm totally down. I'm just, you know, I'm marrying this dude, but it's not, it's not a real thing. Mia's like a terrible version of myself who knew it was not going to be real at all. I would have probably done the same thing Chris would have done. I would have just like kept it going, taken advantage of a couple of trips. Uh, Get some free movie tickets or something. Yeah, he befriended <laughs> some actors, like gotten some scoops for my website. And then just like, it was all a dream. Like, just get up, just get up. Get out while I can. <laughs> I love how there's a nice to shy and a bad to shy. Oh yeah, there's a true like, Libra, a true Libra <laughs> at her core. There's always like, am I following my conscience or am I following like the thing I wish I could do and like get away with it and be okay? This, most of the time, I follow like my conscience and stuff. But then Chris knows throughout middle school, junior high, high school, college, I was like, I will get you. I said no. No way I said look. I could ruin this relationship, but I won't. But I won't. <laughs> Proud of you. <laughs> Thanks. 
Okay, now my last question is, if you were Ren, could you have gotten over that? Could you have forgiven someone for not telling you? No. <laughs> How no. are they? <laughs> Absolutely not. Here's the thing. If I'm Ren, I literally just got cheated on and lied to. And, like, I at, at one point think that, like, their baby that they're having is, like, totally theirs and not mine or whatever. And, man, ain't that a bitch that now they have to co-parent? Oh, that's just freaking crazy. Um, uh, But, no, I absolutely would not. Maybe Chris from a couple of years ago would have been like, sure, everyone deserves a chance. But Chris today, Chris today is like, Fuck you. Like one strike and you're out. Get the fuck out of here with that shit. That <laughs> especially because yeah, when they have that big fight, when they like reunite again after like a couple of years and they have that big fight, he's like, You don't have a leg to stand on because you fucking lied to me. And she's like, ah! and she like doesn't have it, she doesn't have like a thing to say to him because he's right. So, you know, he he wasn't like a great person and a great boyfriend, but about this like i feel like it's an irrefutable fact like you can't you can't argue it you lied you didn't have to lie and yet you chose to and so now even like i gave you a ton of like opportunity to tell me the truth and you still chose to lie to me so like i don't want any part of this because you seem wishy-washy and not cool and i'm a hot director do you know how much ass i could get domestically and internationally Get out of here with that. I'm sorry. Like, this isn't meant for me. And if you want to, like, you can be, like, part of, like, my polycule. But, like, you're not my number one. Nope. Goodbye. Uh, agree. <laughs> I probably, yeah, I would have been like, oh, cool. And I show up and she's getting married. I'd be like, are you fucking kidding me? We just talked about this. What the hell's wrong with you? What kind of sociopath finds out all this shit? that has traumatized me and then chooses to just continue to be to to do this like wow you're you're fucked up and then i would have written a movie about a sociopathic journalist who impersonates a normal person to like get info and whatever and i would have filmed that movie and especially because i just remembered that like one of the very first things he asked her is oh do you have like a thing with your Right? Like the first night they met, he is asked her if like that person like, oh, are you? Mm -hmm. And she's like, oh, no, no, he's just my co-worker. That was literally like the first night. We just we just run this company together. There's nothing there. <laughs> and I think also what kills me is that multiple times during her chapters and in her internal monologue, she realizes how much this is going to hurt him, that she keeps putting it off. And it's just like it. It takes literally. You know how like in that in the in the tra trailer where she's like tick 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 writes that email after it's all blown up. This all she had to do. She's like, hey, look, this is the breakdown of the situation. Just type it out, voice to text. Literally, just be like, look, I'm gonna get married, but it's for the green card. I don't want to marry you because I I know that marrying you would be like a huge deal. Whereas marrying this guy, not such a huge deal. We'll get divorced, etc. But yeah, multiple times she recognizes. And I don't have that kind of time. I'm the child of immigrant parents. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, she, I don't know. She just recognizes the thing that she's doing wrong and she's doing it anyway, which happens, but it's just not cool to, it's just not cool to be on the receiving end of that ever. Yeah. And also, if you are the one who's 
doing the like fucking around of someone else, you can't be surprised when it blows up in your face. And you can't be surprised when the other person considers you the bad guy because you are the bad guy. And it's hard to recognize ourselves at the, as the bad guy in our own stories because we only really experience our own perspective and world. But there's like irrefutable information in this circumstance that like you're you're the villain in this, honey. And like you don't get to just pretend you weren't because things were complicated. Like you're not that cute, okay? Yeah. Oh, it reminds me of that one like ugh, terrible like this. I hate it that it's like this. I'm not gonna say his name, but it's like a comedian who has done like very perverted things had like this one line I was like if someone tells you that you hurt them you like you don't get to decide that you didn't and when they have that big like argument she's like yeah and he's like no you don't get to do that to me <laughs> you definitely did the thing and she's like yeah you were so intense so uh whew, yes I think there's love for every every type of person like everybody even liars deserve love but not in this book Okay, not here. <laughs> Dre, I'm sorry. Get out right now. It's the end of you and me. It's too late. Someone help me. I don't know. I cannot wait for you to be gone. To be gone. Okay. Because I know about him and it. <laughs> okay, I'm done. <laughs> <laughs> We're going to get dinged. Stop. <laughs> It was like I said it like a like a like a spoken word. Ah, <laughs> oh, okay. But those are all the questions I have. Listen, even if this wasn't like our favorite romance, again, I think that I knew we were gonna have a good chat about it. Um, and I think that I am more clear now than ever where my stance is on flyers. You can lie about small stuff. Like, yeah, I made this from scratch. Throws away delivery box. Honestly, I think the <laughs> the green card was a small thing. I think that you can lie about, like, a you can delay the truth on, like, a really earth-shattering thing. But, like, you know, make sure, like, that you eventually do it before you get found out when you're doing the huge thing, okay? Getting married. <laughs> it would have been a different story if she was, like, but I get, you know what? She just had she just had issues communicating in general. Yeah, like okay. it, she clearly like when you're having issues with your sister and you know with like this relationship and also like let's be real with the friend that she was marrying. Clearly, at no point did she sit down and say, "Okay, one hundred percent, I will never want to date you. I will never love you. I will never have sex." With, like I don't think they ever had that like super specific conversation. It was more like. Oh yeah, I'll do you. It was, it was. She was probably wishy washy with him too, and that's why he maybe had the impression that it could turn into something more. So I feel like she constantly in the book has all of these situations with people mm -hmm. where she's just not communicating <clears throat> and know, as, as bluntly as she should. It's even implied after her divorce when we meet them a couple of years later that that marriage was super messy and like. That there was a time when there were like, you know, after the big blow, blow up with Ren, that she probably fucked that guy and like confused the shit out of him. And so I- It was I, another I one of those, saying. like, he got screwed over by the, you know, he's probably a really great guy and he just got- Exactly. Like, mm, well, now that Ren's not like waiting for me, like, let me see what this, what's going on over here. And meanwhile, this dude's like, 
she finally like has the same feeling <laughs> for me. This is great. And she fucked him. And he probably woke up and made breakfast and like got flowers and got. If I was coffee. if I was a character in this book, that's who that's who I would be. That would one hundred percent be me, the one saying like, "Don't worry, I'll marry you." Meanwhile, having this like mega crush and then reading into every little thing, like, does this mean that she like that would be me? Yikes! <laughs> oh, kill me now! I would I, never you know it's true. Yeah. I'll be the actress model, <laughs> fucking the director or the sister who's like, "You're a bitch." You're yeah, a liar, I actually, bitch. I actually really liked his sec, not his secretary, but his like assistant or whatever. I wanted to that you know that they had had sex the one time and like the vibes were so strong, like Kayla was picking up on them. And he's like, eh, it was a one time thing, but like it was that powerful, and and she was calling the shots. And basically, the only reason it hadn't happened again was because she was like, nah, I'm good. But if she had at any moment been like, hey, yeah, let's um kick this bitch out, let's. Let's fuck right here on the desk. He would have absolutely done it again. So, so yeah. Well, golly gee whiz, Miss Andrea, what a fantastic discussion the book proved to be. Este, any closing thoughts, any final thoughts? Before, or unless we're just going to circle back to how terrible of a person Kayla was. No, I will, I will say that... Um... I do, <laughs> I don't know what my next pick will bring discussion wise, because I think that this was a, I agree with Tashai, I think it was a drama with a lot of romance. My next book, I think is also something else that actually I'm not even sure how much romance it has in it. <laughs> but it's, it's so, so I'm going out on a limb just because it's one of my favorite authors. And at the very least, there's sex in it. Yeah, and it's okay because it's so, like your it's like your birthday pick too. So yeah, it's my birthday pick. But after that, I swear that the next two I have <laughs> are super sweet romances that I know will be winners because I've read books by those authors before. And like the next one's like an a YA, and it's gonna be like fantastic. So anyway, but just just giving you a heads up, okay? I don't know. I'm going down a cliff. <laughs> well, I can say right now, my next pick is a good time because I read it in a couple of days and it was pretty good. I, I liked the writing and I thought the plot was pretty strong and it was a CFC. Cool. But our I, next, next one is yours, right, Chris? Yes. So yeah, I make no excuses or give disclaimers. It is what it is. Uh, we'll read it and we'll talk about it. So thank you for listening. If you made it this far, uh, we will see you uh, next month with some lesbian fantasy goodness. Wait, Until... this month, right? Because we did this one late? Yes, but sure. <laughs> For next hangout, at some point yeah, at yeah. the end of this month, unless we need more time in which maybe we'll bleed into June. We'll see what happens. <laughs> we'll see what happens. Um, we had a good three months there. We had a good three months and then, you know, that's okay. It happens. <laughs> okay. Bye. Thank you for hanging out with us. You can support Only Lovers Book Club by dropping some change in our tip jar and buying some books with our bookshop link. You can find us on Instagram at Only Lovers Book Club and from there find our individual accounts and projects. Feel free to favorite or rate us if that's an option for you, but always make sure to like and subscribe and turn on your notifications so you never miss an episode.